BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I just came out of an epic Reiki session with the incredible, incredible human, Kelsey Patel. And it's really timely that I just had this experience with Kelsey, where I experienced this intense Reiki and also came to the conclusion with Kelsey during this session that I'm going to train with her to become a Reiki practitioner. And I'll get deep into that. Um, Kelsey is going to be the guest on this podcast in two weeks. She's amazing. We're going to be meeting retreats together. We have a lot of really fun things coming up. I do believe she was divinely brought into my life also by way of some guests that were on this podcast many months ago. The girls of That's So Retrograde, they introduced me to Kelsey. And it's all very timely and very awesome because the person who is today's podcast guest is Emma Milden, who is another spiritual healer. She's so incredible at everything she does and the information that she puts out there from crystals, to auras, to aromatherapy, essential oils, to yoga, meditation. She has kind of sought this lifestyle where she learns about all of that stuff and then she teaches it in her books and in her freelance writing that she does for Mind Body Green and all this other stuff. So the reason that I say it's also timely and also interconnected is that Emma was also introduced to me by way of another podcast guest, Marissa Lace, who was on episode 30 of the Balance Bond podcast. And Marissa has become a close friend of mine. She is a YouTuber and she is really into all different types of spirituality from crystals to meditation. I believe she's getting Reiki certified and she's also really into Reiki. So when I asked her who some of her favorite spiritual teachers were and authors and all that good stuff, The first person that she named was Emma Milden. So Emma and I started connecting after that because, of course, I bought her book, The Soul Searcher's Guide Guidebook, or The Soul Searcher's Handbook, A Modern Girl's Guide to the New Age World, which was recommended by Marissa in that podcast episode. I totally fell in love with everything that Emma talks about and how approachable she makes the New Age spirituality to everyone else. Because to a lot of us, this is a lot of information to take in about, you know, crystals, oils, all this stuff that seems so good for us and so awesome. But where do we begin? So I fell in love with Emma's book. I would highly recommend it. The Soul Searcher's Handbook. You can find it on Amazon and we will link to it in the show notes of this episode. 
And basically, Emma rocked my world and blew my mind because I noticed on her website before we talked that she does spiritual readings of people. And some of the different types of readings that she does are numerology and name readings, angel and spirit guide readings, or she'll combine them and do numerology, name, and angel and guide reading. And you all know from listening to this podcast how into numerology I am and numbers and how they connect to the universe and to me and everything else. So I asked Emma if we could do a miniature reading during this interview and she said yes. So we do that. So you guys can see what that's all about, which is kind of, I'll just tell you now ahead of time, a new thing that I'm doing on this podcast is asking my guests to do what it is that they do, their expertise in the podcast episode so that you can get a taste of it. So Emma does the reading on me. Next week, I have Marianne DeMarco, a medium, a psychic medium who is on another level of intuitiveness. It's pretty insane. We did such an in-depth reading that you guys will hear a lot of on the podcast. I had to take some of it out and we had to do some of it off recording because it got that personal, that personal. And you know, I'll share things. I'll share anything with you guys. And I thrive off of sharing anything with you guys. But some of what was coming up was about my family and my brother and things that I'm just assuming certain people in my life don't want blasted out to the hundreds of thousands. So we'll keep it. I'll keep it on the DL, but uh, that is going to be so epic. So basically starting with Emma today, I have a whole list, a whole host of spirituality amazingness for you guys. One after the other, after the other, we have Emma, we have Marianne, the psychic medium. We have Kelsey Patel, the Reiki master and practitioner. And we also have some big kundalini teachers coming up. We have my Ayurvedic practitioner. We have a holistic nutritionist, Alyssa Goodman. So I don't want to like give all the guests away. I have, I have a list here that I'm looking at and we have so many amazing people coming up. But I just wanted to let you know. I am on this spiritual roll right now where I just feel so in touch, so in tune. It's crazy. And this podcast has given me the opportunity to open myself up to these people into the universe and to take in their wisdom, their expertise, and really learn from it. So I hope that you like the structure of having these readings in the episodes. I think it's really cool. Because then also, if you're thinking about doing a reading with any of these people, you kind of know what it's like. You're getting this firsthand glimpse into what you would be paying for, what you would be purchasing from these people. But right now, because it's on recording, we get the experience for free because we kind of get to take it in and get a glimpse into what it is that you would be investing in if you wanted to learn those things about yourself. So all very cool. Emma Milden is incredible. She's so cute. She's from New Zealand. She has the cutest accent in the whole world. She is purple to the bone. I don't know if you even know what I mean by that, but you will once you listen to the episode. Just think crown chakra, wisdom chakra, totally open to the universe yet grounded at the same time. She's working on her next book and I can't wait to read it. So, Before we get fully into the episode with Emma, I would like to take a second to introduce today's sponsor, Hum Nutrition, and thank them so much for sponsoring the episode. So I had them on about a month ago, 
and we did a giveaway. So congratulations to the giveaway winner. Kate, you won in the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. I hope that these products, these supplements have been feeling really good in your body so far. So for everyone who is interested in Hum Nutrition, Hum Nutrition is an all-natural line of supplements with the goal of using science-based and clinical-backed nutrition as a tool for helping people look and feel amazing. All of their products are sustainably sourced, non-GMO, and completely free of soy, gluten, artificial colors, preservatives, all of that stuff that you would not want to put in your body and I would never ask you or tell you to put into your body. And many of their products are are organic and vegan. So Hum is the leader in the emerging beauty category that focuses on inner beauty and a holistic approach to outer beauty concerns from within. So basically the Hum products represent an essential step in our skin and beauty routines and gives long-term care and repair and protection all just by taking these supplements. So they focus a lot on prevention. It's not damage control or cover-up. It's not a band-aid or a quick fix. It's it's prevention. And that's what supplements are, at least in my opinion. I take supplements because I want to feel good for my whole life. And I want to preserve this young, healthy, awesome way that I feel right now. And yes, I have gut health issues. I have sleeping issues. So I take specific hum products that are great for that. And the really cool thing is that on Hum Nutrition's website, they provide a personalized product recommendation area from an actual registered dietitian based on your lifestyle, what you're already doing, and what your concerns are. And that will only take you three minutes to evaluate. So basically, Hum Nutrition, they have targeted beauty boosting supplements. They have sleeping supplements. They have ones for chilling out and reducing anxiety. They have different supplements that support glowing skin, youthful complexion, shiny hair, you can find them at all sorts of places like Sephora, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, Free People, Goop. You know I love Goop. Gwyneth, what up? We're still trying to get Gwyneth on the podcast and so much more. So they have a special for us, Soul on Fire humans, Soul on Fire listeners, this amazing Balanced Flan audience that you are, where you will get 20% off of your first order by using the code SOUL20 at checkout. So that's SOUL, S-O-U-L, as in Soul on Fire, SOUL20 at checkout. So how cool is that, you guys? It's so exciting. I cannot wait for you to fall in love with the Hum Nutrition products. I've been taking them for a while. You can search Mind Body Green to find an article I wrote with Hum Nutrition over a year ago. So I've definitely been a fan And yeah, I take their stuff every day. I've been feeling really good. My skin has been glowing. I feel awesome. So you can head to their website, humnutrition.com to use the Soul 20 code for a 20% discount and try for yourself and then share with us on Instagram. Hashtag TBB made me do it. What up? Yeah. Okay. I could go on and on. When I tell you guys about products, I just hope you know this. I love these products so genuinely much that I can't stop talking about them. So that happens sometimes. And I just wanted you to know that because I really, really, really believe in the products that I tell you guys about. I use them and I would never 
tell you about a product that I don't love. I just am not in the market to do that. (laughs) That's not where I'm headed with my brand or my lifestyle, or I just like have no desire to do that. So Hum Nutrition, super awesome. Check it out. Fall in love. Use the code SOUL20. And thank you, Hum, for sponsoring this episode. Now we will dive into an incredible conversation that I had via Skype with Emma Milden because she's in New Zealand and I'm here in LA. So I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, so I'm here Skyping with the incredible Emma Milden. She is the author of The Soul Searcher's Handbook, The Modern Girl's Guide to the New Age World. She also has an incredible website that I've been lost in for the last several hours because there's so much going on on your website with just information about all the different parts of the body and the spirit and the mind. And you offer, of course, numerology and name readings and spirit guide, angel card, tarot stuff. And you also have like a whole shop section of other people's books and other people's kind of knowledge on this whole spiritual path. So I'm just totally fascinated by everything that is you. You're such a spiritual leader and guru and guide. And I've kind of set up our interview, you know this, because we just talked before we started recording, differently than I do most interviews because there was a lot of stuff I wanted to learn from you, including a numerology reading. And everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I have some crazy stuff with numbers. Like, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it. And then you're such an expert on so many different things from crystals, acupuncture, spirit animals, aromatherapy. I could go on and on. So I want to do like rapid fire with you. So we're going to get into all this. But before I, before I just get like so carried away because I'm so excited, I would love for you, Emma, to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your journey to becoming this modern mystic of a human. My name is Emma Milden. I'm obviously the best-selling author of the Soul Searchers Handbook, but I would say I'm actually a explorer of everything and an expert in nothing, actually, if I had to describe myself. I self-appointed the name, um, the spiritual PA, right at the beginning when I first started to write about spirituality. And I've really hung on to that because I think that describes what I do perfectly. So when you think of a personal assistant in the spiritual sense, it's someone that helps you get your spiritual life into deck. And I feel like that is what I'm here to do. So I write interactive columns for Mind Body Green. I write books that help guide people. I um, do courses and crystals and dreamology and tarot. I really just try to help soul searchers or explorers like myself dabble in the wonderful world of everything spirituality without any other rules I feel um when I started out to um explore spirituality there were a lot of really bossy books out there and as a millennial they really pissed me off (laughs) so I really just wanted to write a book that was just take what vibes and leave the rest there are no rules I don't know who who people are working for but 
journey is yours and you really do get to pick and choose from the menu, the mystic menu of, um, of offerings. And so, yeah, I, I serve up food and I love what I do. That is awesome. I love everything you do. And I love that you have no rules and you make this really presentable and authentic in a way that I think living a spiritual life can be really intimidating because people think it has to be really out there and really woo woo. And you have to, you know, leave your normal life and join like a whole new society. That's so not true. You can be all of it. You can live in this modern world and be spiritual and I love that you, that that's what you're a proponent of. So I would love before we dive into everything else to hear more about your particular journey and what, what led you here and kind of what your life was like before you found spirituality. Yeah. So I guess I've always been a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> I, Me too. I was raised by two. <laughs> yeah. My, my wonderful freaky side, I um, was raised by two complete atheists. You know, they were brought up Christian, so I knew kind of the ins and outs of Christianity. But, you know, there was no real teacher or reason why I would be interested in the things that I was. And I've been interested in it even since I was, you know, three to four to five. So I think the, the earliest memories I have of starting to be spiritual, it's always kind of been in my blood, was my sister and I were allowed to collect magazines. Kind of like when you can collect a magazine and every piece you get a different part of the dinosaur and you build up the dinosaur. Um, She picked ponies like a normal little girl would. And I picked tarot. So (laughs) I was going to collect the major and minor arcana. (laughs) And my mum looked at me like I was an alien and you know, I think she knew what she was dealing with from a young age. And I was just so lucky. She let me fully embrace my weird and wonderful side. And um, my room when I was a little girl was just full of crystals and trolls and fairies and orca whales and dream catchers and candles. And it just came naturally. I think um, as I got a little bit older, it sort of got fed out of me a little bit, um, you know, as you try to follow follow what's cool and um, fit in with everybody. And it wasn't until I was a teenager, sweet 16, that I really came back to my weird and wonderful side. So my mother, my completely atheist mother, got confronted with terminal um, illness. And while that's horrible and anyone that's gone through that, I can totally appreciate how hard that is. It was also a really transformational experience because it really confronted her to ask questions that she'd never really asked before. So we both sort of went on a soul search journey together about life after death, ghosts are they real, healing. I mean, gosh, we tried every type of healing um, from Reiki to um, frequency healing, um, yoga, meditation. Um, Yeah, we sort of got pushed into the realm of explore it all. And so while it was an incredibly heartbreaking moment in my life, it was one that completely swung the spiritual door wide open. I think that was my um, cue to step out of the spiritual closet, so to speak. That's amazing. And that's really cool that you got to have that experience with your mom and move through all of those alternative therapies together. And I'm sure regardless of 
how sick she was and how painful that must have been for both of you is probably really healing for her from the inside out to have that experience with you. Oh, exactly. I mean, every every challenge has an opportunity. And I know that might sound a little bit Tony Robbins, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's true. It's all in the perception of what we want to take and learn from a situation. And for me, that was one of my biggest life lessons for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you were always on the spiritual side of the pendulum. You were always more on the frequency of kind of being in tune with the universe, which I think is awesome. And I can relate to that too. I think when I was young, I was also weird. I mean, I I was able to cast it aside and really fit in, I think, because I was always very socially aware of what other people were into and what they weren't. It's not like I ever hid who I was, but I just knew that most of my friends, most of the people that I spent time with, even from a very young age, thought my imagination was just above and beyond and out of control and totally different. And that's why I, from from fourth grade really on, was a, considered myself a writer and would write hundreds of pages of totally imaginary world stuff. And you're, I, I can see you nodding. I'm sure that you can ex- have, have had a similar experience. Yeah, I think little Jordan and little Emma would have been really cool friends. <laughs> I, I know I wish that we had known each other. And where did you grow up? So New Zealand. So right in the heart of Middle Earth. <laughs> Amazing. And that's where you are right now. I am. Yeah, I'm writing my second book. So I'm sort of hiding away in the um, bottom of the, the earth in my little creative cave. So <laughs> fun. I cannot wait to learn everything about the second book. And maybe later in this interview, I can pull some details out of you about it so we can tell everybody. Yeah. A question that I have for you, something that I ask everyone who comes on this podcast, and I think you'll have a really cool answer, is if you were a color, what color do you feel that you would be? Oh my gosh. I just instantly thought of like aura, which is kind of like a rainbow. I know that's cheating. I would obviously more be purple. I'm, I mean, you just have to look at my, my gram. It's, I'm like a, it's like someone threw up rainbow unicorns and purple on my Instagram. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I love everything about the color purple. And, um, you know, it's obviously a very spiritual color. It's the color of our, of our third eye, our crown chakra, of our um, intuition, of our, our regal, um, beautiful, healing, calming. You think of amethyst, you think of lavender. Yeah, purple. Yeah, purple's amazing. I recently dyed my hair purple, like bright purple. It was really fun. And then I started learning about the correlation between purple and the wisdom chakra and kind of like the intuition. And this is your area of expertise, but I couldn't believe that purple was so tied to being connected to the universe. And I'm on this spiritual journey and kind of more at the beginning of this spiritual exploration for myself. So I couldn't believe that I was just totally called to dye my hair purple. It just came to me and I did. And then I learned all of that, which was cool. And do you know, so many cultures consider hair to be their source of spiritual power. So the fact that you dyed your spiritual power 
purple is freaking cool to me. That's yeah. amazing. That's cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I love that. I I probably have not probably. I definitely have so much to learn from you from from everything that you've gathered and I just think it's so cool. So I want to do the rapid fire question thing that I've put together. If you're ready, uh, we'll dive into this. And it's really just, you can tell us as much or as little as you want about each of these things, but I've kind of picked different spiritual practices from your book that you could just tell us like, what do we need to know? Because I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people listening have a baseline interest in this, but don't know much. So just tell us what we need to know, maybe where we can learn more. We'll start with crystals. What do we need to know about crystals? Okay, so crystals, first thing is you just simply go to whatever one resonates. It could be because of the shape, the color, the size. Every crystals have a different frequency, a a different meaning, and those frequencies can help us. So say, for example, the rose quartz is connected to heart chakra. It can help you in heartache and in times of dealing with a troubled relationship when you've lost someone or when you need self-love, self-confidence. There's so many different types of crystals that can help in any situation, whether it's stress, sleep, eating habits, you know, and I think when you can incorporate them into um, your life with well-being, and obviously they don't replace medicine, um, but they can really um, act as, I call them like a, a spiritual stress ball. If you if you want to learn more about crystals, I strongly recommend um, Judy Hall. She's got a great um, encyclopedia book about crystals. There's also some amazing content um, that's free on Mind Body Green. And I actually do a Crystal 101 course on, on Mind Body Green. But there's heaps of free content from crystal gridding to um, cleaning crystals to picking crystals to crystals that you can use for sleep or prosperity or to focus if you're studying. Um, yeah, I, they're worth exploring. Cool. Do you have a favorite crystal? Yeah, amethyst. Yeah, the purple crystal, of course. That makes a <laughs> lot of sense. How about you? Oh, yeah, I love, well, I love selenite. That was like the first that I was introduced to, and I find it really powerful. And I like to meditate with it, and it makes me feel protected. And I know it's like the protection force. So that's my current favorite. And you know something cool about cellulite is that if you put it with your other crystals, it actually helps all your other crystals feel happy, like cleansed and powered and charged and calm. So yeah, it's a good crystal to have around. I think that's the other reason why I like it because I know that you're supposed to charge your crystals and there's times to do that. And I feel very comforted. I'm like a very anxious person. So I feel very comforted by the fact that selenite doesn't lose its charge if I'm correct. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I can count on this. I don't have to think how long has this been laying around? Where has it been? Has it been charged by the new moon? All that kind of stuff. So that's another reason. I totally agree. And for people to understand, it's almost like having the crystal version of an iPhone that's battery never dies. Like, could you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) What, like, thankfully that can quell my anxiety because that is like, the dream to have something that you just don't need to worry about. So the next thing on the rapid fire list is spirit animals. Yeah. So spirit animals um, are a fun one. Spirit guides or spirit animals, whatever, or um, medicine energy, which 
you know, they come to you in dreams. They may be an affinity you've always had, your favorite animal, maybe a pet. You know, there's two things. So there's familiars, which are um, energies or souls that um, have been with us in previous lives. You instantly click with them. Sometimes they're people, sometimes they're animals. But there's also spirit animals who are always around to kind of point out support, guidance, reminders, kind of, yeah, ways for you to, for us to be reminded that we're not alone, kind of like we're being watched, but not in a creepy way. You know, some people see birds, some people um, might just see the feather of a bird. Yeah, I was talking to um, someone in the weekend, we were hiking up this mountain and she was saying, oh, you know, I'm birds are everywhere and there was a kingfisher and a kookaburra and a hawk. She was saying whenever she's in LA, she always sees, um, you know, the crows. And yeah, I love that. And I said, you know, for some reason, I'm really feeling a connection to sheep at the moment. And um, next minute, the sheep, now sheep aren't really friendly. And I know this is a classic New Zealand story, (laughs) but the sheep came over and let me pet it, which was incredible because then they're, you know, I think they've worked out that sometimes people put them on the dinner table. So they've smarted up. But yeah, the sheep just sat down next to me and was so cool, calm and collected. I ended up putting it on my Instagram because I've just never seen anything like it. And to be sitting there talking about spirit animals and then they literally sit down for, for a hangout, that was that was a cool experience. So if you want to connect with your spirit animals, it's really as simple as sitting down and thinking about your favorite animal as a kid and why, or the one animal that you'd always love to go see. It could be a gorilla in Africa or whale diving in Tonga. There's some great cards that I love called medicine cards. And they basically are like a tarot and you can literally pull out an animal energy that you might be operating in or needing at that time. So the other day I pulled out the beaver for a lady who looked so gutted. Um, But the beaver is the worker, hard worker. You know, they're dedicated head down, tail up, and they'll um, beaver away. So, yeah, I think connecting with animals and really plugging into the personality and traits and nature of the animal and what it can teach you is a powerful, powerful tool. It is. I love that story about the sheep. It's true that when you're <laughs> when you're talking about something or thinking about something that it appears, it's just hard to ignore the fact that that is some some mad some work of the universe and I had an experience like that a couple of years ago. I had um a healer from India was staying with my friend's family here in Los Angeles and he was a family friend of theirs and I went to lunch with them and started telling him about just my connection with the number 201 which we'll get into and we talked about my birth charts and a few other things and he immediately picked up on the fact that I needed to have a cat around me in order to be calm but also to reach my fullest creative potential. And he basically said, there's so much creative potential for you floating all around you, but you're, you're going to miss it if you don't ground yourself and you need a cat. And I, I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, what? Okay. And so this is weird. So he told me that. And then I started, I had been wanting a kitten Kittens are so cute and amazing. And I'd been really wanting one. And then I moved into a building, lived by myself for the first time right after this, that I had lived with roommates and friends all before that. 
And in my building, I was signing the contract and I happened to see within all the fine print, no dogs are allowed, but cats are allowed. And I saw that and I'm like, oh, that's funny. This, this healer had told me that I should get a cat, but I don't know. I don't, I don't have time. I've never had an animal. And something came over me a couple weeks later where I can't even tell you. I can't tell you how, like where this feeling came from or what led me to do this. But I got up, I was working at a coffee shop with my friend and I said, I have to go to an animal shelter in Westwood. I have to go right now. And she came with me and there I found my cat Hudson. He was six weeks old and he was the size of a mouse. And I was drawn to him. Like the moment I saw him, I started crying. It was like this crazy experience. And he looked at me and he fell asleep in my arms. And I told the people at the shelter, this is my cat. (laughs) I'm going to take him home. And I don't even want to be separated from him while I sign the adoption papers because I like can't let go of him. I need him. And so I, I, I literally haven't let go of him ever since. He's my baby. He's literally sleeping like one centimeter away from my feet right now. And he's my spirit animal and cats, I believe are my spirit animals. Now I see them everywhere, wherever I travel, whichever country there are cats like surrounding me, like stray cats, domestic cats everywhere. And it's so cool. And also Hudson and I have this really special relationship and I believe we communicate with each other all the time. And he, he's the one who told me via, via a um, animal communicator that I needed to slow down and that I needed to start dating one of my best friends. And I did. I mean, like, it's weird. I can't. I can't. Yeah, he knows. And so he, he always knows like everything, everything. And he's, he's intuitive and he's more like a human. And I just, I love him. So he's my spirit animal. And I love your sheep story because that is, I, I can totally relate to that. I mean, I just, I love that. I mean, and when I do your numbers, the cat, um, what it symbolizes reflects your numbers so well. Don't you just look at your cat sometimes and think, are they the enlightened ones? Like, do they have it sorted out? <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. I do. No, I, I look at him and I'm, and like, if you could see how peaceful he is right now, you would, you would definitely feel, yeah, that's the way we're supposed to be living life. And he's just so <laughs> yeah. smart. He knows everything. He picks up on everybody's energies, all the kindest, most down to earth, intuitive people. He flocks to them. It's crazy. Really special. So yes, he would absolutely love you if we were in the same country. <laughs> well, he still would love you. <laughs> but so the next thing on the list is meditation. What should we know about meditation? People who are looking to get into meditation. Ah, so there are so many di- different types of meditation. And I know that so many people find it overwhelming or like it's some sort of mental torture to sit in their anxiety or to sit and try and meditate when actually all you're doing is making a shopping list. But actually, it's, it's, it's programmed to kind of operate like a, a mental shower for us, a clear out, a, a dusting of the mind. Yes, it can be confronting, but it is super healing. And it's um, depending on, on what meditation resonates. I mean, there's so many different kinds. I would say explore them and keep exploring until you find the one for you. 
you know, there's Headspace, there's great apps, there's guided meditations you can do with someone that walks you through it. You know, you can go to a space and do group meditation or you can do transcendental meditation. I mean, whatever resonates, there's so many different types, but essentially it's an opportunity for you to flush out the fears, the worries, the emotional baggage, um, you know, the detox and spring clean. I don't want to say vibe or energy because it, it can just be so alienating to people, but it is the equivalent to having a power nap. The one thing that I know gets in the way of people doing meditation is time. And I know that time is the biggest currency for all of us in 2017. So the power to make time um, and invest that in your own energy and your well-being and your state of mind, you actually get that tenfold back. And that is the most valuable thing that you can get in terms of energy and motivation to finish that list or being so calm that you can have that great sleep so you feel completely rested and restored to go smash um, the next day. Yeah, so meditation, whether it's five minutes or an hour, make, make time. I mean, I literally have time twice a day. It's only for 20 minutes, you know, and I literally, I mean, I've done it in my car before. You just need to make sure that you can't have distractions. I mean, I would say try to meditate where animals aren't around um, unless they're really well-behaved animals because the, the energy of the animal will distract you and it changes the energy around you. But yeah, explore it. I mean, there's so many great apps. There's so many free um, resources on YouTube. Um, there's probably definitely a course or um, a yoga studio offering um, some element of meditation within your vicinity. So um, yeah, go and have a little little explore. Yes, I love that. Do you have a favorite kind of meditation? Yes. So I am big on transcendental meditation. I love that. Yeah. Yogi Maharaji, which is interesting because I, I come from a Kundalini background, but there was something that I liked about transcendental meditation because, I mean, it's mantra driven, but you can sit down. You don't have to sit cross-legged. You can sit on a couch and it doesn't, it doesn't tell you off if your thoughts wander. Yes, they're not meant to, but it's almost reassuring to know if you have a meditation and you feel really angry or you feel really agitated or you feel really sad because that's actually you releasing something. So, you know, I think a lot of people stop meditating because they feel that and it's not a nice feeling. And sometimes they've seen, you know, the levitating guru that looks so cool, calm and collected and, you know, we're human. It's, it's not that easy. I mean, every time I meditate, my mind wanders, hand on heart. Sometimes I struggle. Have I ever sat in meditation and thought, uh, is that long enough? Oh, I'm over it. Sure. Definitely. You know, like we're human. Stop beating ourselves up. And I think the more that you get into making that time for yourself, the more you get out of it. Yeah. I love that. We could also talk about Kundalini for days on end because I... I am a huge, huge into Kundalini. Recently discovered it this year, but I've totally delved into it head first. And that would be a great one for you to speak on for this rapid fire. Tell us just a little about Kundalini and maybe where people could get started with that. Sure. So I love um, people that maybe don't really resonate with the, the flexy, bendy world of yoga or find 
at style of yoga intimidating, I, I like to tell them about Kundalini. So Kundalini, you need more flexibility in the spiritual space. So there is singing and chanting and oming and it's more of an inward practice. So a lot of the class, your eyes are closed, which I love because it means you're completely not worrying about, you know, if Stacy's foot is touching her head and you're trying to touch your toe, it's all about what's going on inside. Um, it's about powerful breath work and movement that helps bring up your Kundalini, which is like a snake energy that spirals up you up into the body. I mean, as a writer and you would know as, as someone who's incredibly creative and um, fueled to, to work, Kundalini is so powerful at helping me get, to get my creative juices flowing, to get my um, energy awake. It literally puts fire in your belly. I mean, breath of a powerful breath practice. Um, it's got mudras. It's it's an experience. I mean, um, I love the singing. I remember the first class I went to, I had one eye open and was sort of scanning the room, having a what moment. Um, <laughs> when everyone started singing um, all these amazing kiratans, but now I, I just love it. And it's one of the most calming and healing spiritual that it's almost just like going to a yoga class that you just get a big warm hug at it's um definitely worth exploring but please go with an open mind yeah open mind necessary because you never know what's <laughs> going to be going on in a kundalini class i've been to some that have been a little more tame and then some that haven't and i think in those less tame ones i'm glad i don't have a newbie with me because they would maybe be horrified but open mind <laughs> open mind is the way to go or a private I actually know some girls here in LA who if anyone listening wants to do a private in LA I can recommend they're awesome and they've also been on this podcast um they're really cool the high vibe living girls and that's a good place I think too to start because you can tailor it. They, you can tell them, you know, kind of what you want out of the practice, which is a good place to start. We'll do a couple more before we do my numerology reading. I can't wait, but, uh, just a couple more for the rapid fire. This one, I am really excited to hear you talk about auras. I think aura is a word that people use without knowing what it even is. And in, including me half the time, because it has multiple meanings and we've, you know, talked about it in Western culture in a lot of different ways. And so I think it's kind of lost its ultimate meaning. And in your book, you have a really cool aura guide with colors. And I found that like really informative. So you can tell us a little about auras and the colors and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, you know, I, I love, I hear lyrics like Rihanna singing about auras, like your aura is incredible, whatever she sings. And I, I love it because actually it's, it's our energy. It's our um, energy hub surrounds every single one of us. So it's, think of it like a giant egg, an energy egg. Um, that's the shape of it that, that encompasses your whole body. And the aura has different layers and our aura can change. So, for example, energetically, we all know that when you walk into a room, um, if something, if there's an argument or a conflict, you can normally feel, oh gosh, there's a vibe, right? There's, you know, and energetically, that will be 
the auras of those people holding whatever's just happened in that space. So, you know, we say that we're responsible for what energy we bring, but we're also responsible for the energy we surround ourselves with. And that's not only the people around us, but it's also the auric energy around us. So, you know, when we're feeling a bit muddy or hazy or muddled or overwhelmed or anxious, it's normally a sign that for no fault of our own, you know, our our auras, our energy can get messy. This is where meditation can help, but also um, basic aura and chakra balancing exercises are, are, are powerful and that can be crystals, aromatherapy, get some salt bath, meditation, um, swimming in the ocean is great, but really nurturing your vibe, your aura, the presence that you bring is one powerful because it influences others, but also you want, you want a good nest egg, like you want to have a clean space to operate in. So or is it or is that interesting one? And I know um, I love seeing aura photos. I I mean, there's so many cool, particularly for you guys in in LA. I know that there's a a lady in Portland that does the most amazing aura photography, and she travels a lot. And if there's any chance you can get, you, oh, oh, not to interrupt you, I think I met her this weekend, which is just another um, small world <laughs> circumstance. What? Yeah. Did you, get, did you get a photo? So this is devastating, actually. So I was so excited to do the aura photography. At, I went to the Goop Wellness Summit, um, you know, Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's website. And she was there doing aura photography. I'm almost positive it's the same woman that you're talking about because she's travels and she's big and all this stuff. And her her aura photography tent um, filled up for the whole day really early on. So I actually didn't get a chance to do it after I had already had my readers guess my aura color and everything. I was like, man, I was so excited, but I have her information (laughs) and I'm going to, her friend who was with her said that she was still going to be here for a while. So I'm glad we're talking about this because I'm actually going to contact her and hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I'll have done it so I can talk about my aura color, but that's really amazing. So you've done that, I'm I'm supposing. And what, what came up for you? What color was your aura? What color do you think my aura was? Purple. Purple! Yes. yes. Lavender. It was purple. It had um, a little bit of orange, like that yang at the moment, that sacral chakra because I'm writing you know, I'm in creation mode. So it made sense that those were two. I channel when I write, so I get like intuitive downloads, but then I also need that fire, that yang, that creativity and and motivation to to weave those together. So yeah, I was, I mean, it's always so cool when you can see it, but to get that reassurance that that's, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, go, I cannot wait to see your photo. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm going to contact her today. This is, this is a sign that this is, that I'm meant to, because I just met her. Now you're mentioning it. I think she's definitely still in town. So I'm going to make this happen. I'm very excited. I have more rapid fire, but I want to first do, I'm just getting too excited. I think we should do the numerology and name reading. And so for everybody listening, we'll just brief you. Before we started recording, I gave Emma my full name, Jordan Hunter Younger, and my birthday, October 11th, 1990. And she's doing a numerology and name reading on me, which is a service that she offers on her website and just incredibly cool. So I thought it would be fun for us to do one 
recorded and see what comes up. Perfect. So I kind of love that you sprung this on me because it means um, that I kind of have to fly by the seat of my spiritual pants, so to speak. So when you gave me your name, Jordan Hunter Younger, when I found out that your middle name was Hunter, I mean, for starters, cool. Um, but Hunter's all about action. You know, Hunter's actually, you know, when you look up other other meanings for the word Hunter, which ironically I did yesterday, which is just weird. Um, oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. It weird is searcher, explorer, you know, like seeker. It's always on in motion and in movement and looking for, for things. So Hunter is a word, I mean, what a cool word. But when I looked at that in terms of your alpha, so the different letters, when we look at hieroglyphics and the evolution of the alphabet, we can recognize different meanings behind letters. So for example, the letter A, A has evolved from the ox head and the, the wood that used to go around the ox's head. So A is about action. It's about working the land. It's about moving forward and steady progress. So when people have A's in their name, you know, I can normally pinpoint that to the alpha and, and the meanings behind that hieroglyphic to the alphabet today. So for you, when I look at your cornerstone, which is your first letter of your name. It's, and J is all about balance. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's all about justice, fairness. Everything about the J is about making people happy and comfortable. So you're probably very in tune with reading if people feel um, out of place. You probably go out of your way to make people feel welcome or included or at home. Um, you're probably a very good host. And you're probably been a peacekeeper for a lot of, of your life because I think conflict or anything that's not um, fair, like bullying would probably get you quite upset um, to see anything that um, is a disservice to anyone, whether that's an animal or a human, will really upset you because the J is all about the justice. So yeah, J. And then we've got your capstone, which is the last letter of your name, which is the R. I love people um, that end their names with R because the R is all about a richness, a depth, an inner um, intensity for life. So they have a very rich energy around them because they really enjoy deep diving into things and submersing themselves in wisdom and experience rich in terms of even listening to others and learning from others. I mean, the fact that you do this podcast is enriching for everyone as well as yourself. And they also have the R's have an incredible work ethic because they're not afraid to get to work in order to enrich their lives and the lives around them. So, I mean, the J and the R together in terms of almost like a humanitarian sort of energy is very powerful, but also very hardworking and hardworking for, for the things that are right, for the things that are going to help influence the world and make the world more balanced and fair. Yeah, the first, it's interesting. So also um, a very powerful letter in the alpha is the first vowel in your name. And when I look at a lot of, particularly like um, A-E-I-O-U-A, so when I look at A, I mean, we just talked about A in terms of evolving from the ox is the leader, 
it's action. So you are a natural born leader. You take charge. Um, you have huge respect for people's ideas. You see value in them and you want to see them come to fruition. You know, so um, people see that as very brave, as a very um, courageous energy. So if you mix that lead, that courage, that action with the justice, the balance and the fairness, and then that and all-encompassing richness and energy, your name is just absolutely divine. So when I quickly did your numbers, I was not surprised to see that you were a number four. Now, number fours are very strong, logical, practical people. The four, when you think of the number four, it's very straight and linear and um, precise. Fours are incredibly hardworking. Like, here, let me have a look. Examples, here you go. You'll love this, Jordan. Examples of life path four. Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Frank Sinatra, and um, Donald Trump. Oh, my God. (laughs) But they're all hardworking, right? Yes. So, yeah, four is about... um, headstrong and and progress and um, accepting the challenge, um, what fours struggle with. So the, the, the thing that fours will learn to master in their lifetime is the art of flexibility and balance, of stability. So when we think about a four being very structured and logical and orderly and practical, Fours normally need to learn the art of being agile um, because they've normally got quite a rigid approach to to life. So sometimes they can find it hard um, to relax in a sense. So the fact that you have a cat who is a spirit animal, who is the um, epitome of flexibility and balance, like you think of a cat's spine, you think of how a cat always lands on its feet. You know, it's no mistake that you guys have been partnered because the way that a cat relaxes like it's sleeping at your feet right now is a powerful lesson um, for the number four because your career is important, your drive is important. Fours are, are business leaders and you can see that between Oprah Bill Gates. I mean, they aren't afraid to roll up their sleeves and they really, yeah, they really, they really get to work. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at all your energy, I mean, the beautiful thing about you, I mean, I'd say that you swing more the, the Oprah way than the Donald way <laughs> when you think the four with your cornerstone, your justice, your balance, your richness for life and, and the, the leader for change and, and, um, and action. I think your numbers are, are divine. And obviously, I mean, if I, if I had more time, I'd work out what life number cycle you're in this year. So there's nine years in a cycle and every year has a different energy. Obviously, anything can happen to us in that year. But if we align ourselves or focus our energy on the numerolic year, you can normally find um, things just generally flow a little bit easier. So for example, um, I'm in a, and I'm actually ironically in a year four, which is all about the hard work, the stability. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make decisions that are about family and structure and where I want to live, buying a home. Those are all decisions that would normally come in on a year four. On a year nine, for comparison, a year nine is the last year in the numerology cycle. So it's all about endings, tying up loose ends, 
sowing the seeds for the, for your next chapter. I mean, when you think back to how you were 10 years ago and you feel like you were a different person, you in a sense kind of were because that was a completely different nine-year cycle. You had all those lessons to learn and now you're moving into the next one. So when you're in a year nine and, and moving into year one, it's important that you're focusing all your energy on what you want that next snippet of life to look like and what you want your energy to bring in. So yeah, numerology, I mean, I mean, even numerology, you can work out to work out the day. You know, my lights keep flickering. This is really interesting. Have you noticed that? Yes, I see that behind you. I know, you know, what's really weird about that. And then we'll, we'll bring the topic back to numerology. But I, I spoke to a psychic. He's amazing. He lives here in LA. His name's Cash. And everything he said to me, this was like two or three months ago, has been so correct. If I started talking about it, you would, you, Emma, would flip because you are into this stuff. And other people listening would be like, either Jordan has lost her mind or they would flip (laughs) with us because they get it too. But it's very, 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 very on point, everything that Cash said to me. And one of those things was that my maternal grandmother, my mom's mom, who passed away when I was six, shows herself to me in two ways every day. One of them is with the numbers 201, which do show up to me like five to 10 times a day. And they have for the last like seven or eight years. And the other is by lights, flickering lights and that kind of stuff. And the lights I notice less. It's the numbers that I always notice. So maybe she's here. Because she knows that I'm talking to someone who's intuitive. Well, and I think, I mean, she's showing how good she is. I mean, she's in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> she's right? Like, Maybe she hears what you're talking about and she is saying, yeah, this is like really on point for Jordan right now. And this is what she needs to hear. And that's really cool. I also, I find it really comforting what you said about the years. So years one through nine. Because I am really structured, being a four, I suppose, that's normal. And I like the comfort of knowing that each year can be different and is supposed to be different and evolve. And just because one year is like the hardworking, accomplishing year, it's okay if the next year is more about setting yourself up for where you're supposed to be going next and focusing on relationships and family and animals and taking care of the people around you and living really with a lot of love versus pouring all the energy into projects and work, which I'm used to doing. I'm used to pouring all my energy into writing books and eBooks and the blog. And that's what I've been comfortable doing for a long time. And so to have now this very full love life, but also like, you know, focusing on other things At times it can feel hard because I'm such a hard worker and then I start to feel guilty about my work, but I feel really calm and grounded hearing you talk about that, that years are, it's okay. It's supposed, you're, we're supposed to evolve and that's natural. It's not, you're not just going to be one way every single year. Yeah, exactly. And especially, you know, that's the number four's lesson is balance. So that's going to be something that you're always going to be having to find that um, scale with. So yeah, I think the fact that you're conscious and aware of that shows 
you're, you're onto it, Jordan. You already know all this stuff. <laughs> yes, no, totally. And that's true. I'm always searching for balance. And because of my blog being called The Balance Blonde and this being The Balance yeah, Blonde podcast, yeah, yeah. Um, people always ask me, <laughs> how do I find balance? And I always say what I'm really doing is striving for balance. I'm not very balanced. That's why I've named everything in my business The Balanced Blonde because I'm on a quest for balance always. And that's what's important to me. So that's so interesting that all of that came up. It's very cool. You know, I also want to talk to you about the number 201 that yes. you mentioned before. Oh, please, please do. Yeah. So the number two is all about balance. So two is all about duality, harmony, partnership, relationships. And then the zero amplifies that. So if, if you see any number with a zero, the numbers that that bookend that are pretty pretty much times 10, right? So when you see two, it's asking you to focus on balance and harmony, your your partnerships, your relationships, and that scale in your life. Intensified, amplified by that, that number zero. And then number one is all about making sure what you're creating is the reality that you want. So it's all about that positive attitude. So if you're seeing 201, it's almost a reminder to say, are you balanced in what you're wanting? And, and is what you're thinking about really what you want? So almost asking, almost like a stop sign, a checkpoint just to be like, we're just checking you're in balance and you're heading where you want to go is almost um, that, that little call out that you'll be seeing. Yeah. It's interesting. I love that. It's a really, it's a good number to say. It's all about positive attitude. Like it's wow. super good. Yeah. I always feel positive feelings when I see 201 and it always, to me, affirms that I'm on the right path in that moment or on that day. And that's really cool to hear that it's powerful numbers that have to do with balance and checking in. Cause that is what I need to work on is checking in with myself, slowing down, all those things. That's my greatest work with myself. So that's very cool. Very cool to hear. And I'm curious to know from you, I'm always so interested in people's routines, their daily routines, especially people who live very mindful lives. So I would love for you to tell us what your daily routine is from waking up all the way through the evening, all the way through going to bed. Oh, so Jordan, so my routine, my daily routine is probably your worst nightmare because <laughs> it changes every day. Oh, that, <laughs> that I can relate to. That I am not structured with. Good. Okay, good. I mean, I'm, I meditate. I, I light sandalwood incense every day. It's something that just, you know, when I'm getting ready in the morning, just helps to, to set my, my soul in check. But for me, writing... I don't write every day and I and I would love to hear how you feel about writing, but it's such a meditative scribing for me. I go somewhere else and, you know, and it is very much like my meditation practice. I have to do it on an empty stomach. I, I have to do it in a quiet space where there are no interruptions. And I know that I could be lost in that space for hours at a time. So for me, writing is healing and it's I don't want to say I get homesick but I it, 
it makes me feel like I'm transported to a place where I'm in company of of really wise souls. So in my books, I've always said I didn't write those. I was just the vessel. You know, there have been experiences in my writing where I've got to the end of a chapter, backed away from the keyboard and then read, and those words, I've, I mean, some of the information and things that I don't know. And I have to sort of reverse engineer and go and reference and refine and check that that is actually truth. You know, it always is such a weird experience. And I know to lots of people, I mean, it's weird, right? It's, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've heard Elizabeth Gilbert talk about um, how the Greeks um, believe that their muse was the sole purpose of their creativity. So whether you're a sculptor, an artist, or a poet, if, you, if your muse did well and people loved your, um, your piece, your artwork, your creation, then your muse had to get all the credit, um, not you, because you weren't really the creator of that. And vice versa, if your creation was crap, you know, it wasn't your fault because your muse was having a bad day. And for me, writing the daily ritual, it's something that I feel is a gift and I don't want to call it a talent because it's not my talent to have. It's a bizarre, I mean, every time I write a book, I feel there's a different group around me and I'm, it's weird. I don't know how else to explain it without your poor listeners thinking I'm completely batshit crazy. So, (laughs) but yeah, writing, I love it. The scribe, the art of getting lost in words and downloading and connecting to something wiser and bigger and unexplainable. It's, yeah. It's beautiful. I, I love, I love what you said and I can relate on so many levels writing and and also having to be in a very specific headspace to write and I've gone through phases with writing every day and then well I mean I blogged every day for years before um now I've I blog write blog posts a couple times a week and when I was writing my book I was always writing between blogging and writing the book and it was a struggle at times because you have to write when you're not fully, fully in that creative headspace when you have deadlines. And that was always really hard for me. And I too have had like spiritual experiences where I write something and this happens when I blog all the time. And I look back and I'm like, that wasn't written by me. Whoever wrote that had some major connection to something beyond me because I didn't say that. And I wouldn't say that because I don't know that information, but I'm so glad that that came through me because there it is. And that happens frequently. And that's why I have a lot of fun rereading my own blog posts. And some people might find that like narcissistic, (laughs) but to me, I'm like, that's, that's not, that wasn't me. It wasn't fully me. And it's very intriguing for me to, to hear it or to, um, to read it and take it in. And then likewise, when I teach yoga, only after, if I've taken a kundalini class that morning, so that's really the only time when I will fully get into like deep blissful meditation where I'm out of my head and I'm in a different place and I'm seeing everything clearly. And then I go teach, which is rare because I teach early. So I don't, I don't usually get to go to kundalini before, but some days. Then I teach yoga, just vinyasa yoga. 
And whatever's coming through me doesn't feel like it's me. It's words from somewhere else. And it's so cool. And it, when I can finally settle down and have the schedule of my ultimate dreams, where I'm a little less committed, I will do that every day because that's what I want. I mean, to teach from a place of true connection to something beyond is just so cool. And I remember the first time it happened, I told my mom, I was on the phone with her, like the class I taught this morning, I was so connected. It wasn't even me. The words were coming from somewhere else. And it was like the most fun I've ever had teaching because I was so out of my head and I was just on a different plane and it was amazing. And my mom was just like, my mom is not very spiritual at all, but even she was like, okay, so do that all the time. Do that all the time because why would you not if if you have that opportunity to feel that way? And if my mom said that, then then you know that it's important and it's really cool stuff. And I can't wait to read your next book because it sounds like what you're channeling is from just an incredible place. And what I want everyone listening to know, and I'm sure you feel this way too, is like that's accessible to everybody. It's not just that we are gifted or talented. Like you said, that's not what it is at all. I don't consider myself gifted intuitively. It's only that I'm open to it. And I have been for a long time and I'm only getting more open. And you're very, very, very open as illustrated by your whole lifestyle and your books and your career. So everybody is this is available to everybody to feel connected and to be in touch with your intuition. And it doesn't have to be as spiritual as we are because everybody has their own path. And for some people listening, it could simply mean just checking in with yourself and feeling your gut and kind of listening to your gut and your intuition and making choices that way. You don't have to think that it's coming from the spirit guide and the spirit animal and the aura and all the stuff that um, (laughs) we really enjoy. I love it and it makes me feel amazing. But everybody has their own introduction to their own intuition. So that would be my final question to you as we wrap up here is, People who are looking to get started on their spiritual path, where would you advise that they begin? I would say that there has already been a trail of spiritual breadcrumbs laid out before them, and they've probably walked or overstepped or even stood on a few. Those breadcrumbs are eternal. They are never-ending. That push to move forward, to look, to explore, to change are always there. So I would say literally start observing some of the opportunities, content, links, conversations that are happening already around you. Show an interest, show up, be open. It could be an article from Goop. It could be this podcast. It could be a friend recommending a book or a yoga class, being gifted a crystal, given the opportunity to explore a new experience, to to buy an aromatherapy candle, right up to a a Reiki acupuncture session. You know, like the sale of woo-woo is huge. You know, you can can either get a tarot or a psychic reading, or you can buy some aromatherapy oils and just drop a bit of lavender on your pillow. You know, there's no rules. There's no right or wrong. 
you know, I think as long as it's helping you live your life well, feel better, feel calmer, feel more connected and complete. That's the only thing um, I would say is, is find what serves you, what makes you feel great, what helps you get through your day, what changes a good day to a great day. Look for those. Yes, that is beautiful. And everyone can follow that advice, no matter how spiritual they already are or haven't experienced yet. That's beautiful and it's available to all of us. And that's what I think is so special and so fun for me about doing this podcast is hopefully introducing people who who have yet to experience that type of closeness with themselves and their intuition, just learning from people like you that it's so available, it's so accessible. And then on the flip side, those of us who have always been on that path, there's more, there's always more to learn. And just me personally, numerology, aromatherapy, um, even crystals, it's all very new to me. And so there's so much to learn. And I'm just so excited that there are people like you sharing that information. I love that you have your Mind Body Green course on crystals, which people can check out. Mind Body Green. I love those people, all the Mind Body Green. Everybody, Jason and Colleen have been on this podcast. Um, They're nice people. He's so tall. Yeah, Jason's ex- extremely tall. Um, will you be at Revitalize this year or you'll be all the way over far away? I won't be. I will be. I'm actually heading to Bali. So oh my gosh. I'm, yeah, I'm on Operation Surf and Scribe mode. I love that. The double S's. Will you be in Bali in December? No, I won't be. I won't. I would have come back up to... Oh, yeah. Actually, up New York. I might, you know, we should try and catch up. Yeah, because I'm going to be there in December, uh, which is why I asked. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to find a way to meet each other in person and soak in all the good vibes. I'm just so excited to have had to have had you on today and to have the opportunity to share you with everyone. So as we sign off here, tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. So um, you can connect with me on all my socials. So emma.milden, emmamilden.com. Um, I reply to every single email, to every single comment on Instagram. Connect with me, come say hi. I am a spiritual PA, so don't be afraid to ask me questions. Hit me up about your curious crystal questions or um, you know what you're wanting to explore. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, and I just love to connect with people wherever they are on their spiritual journey. I think there's no there's no finish line, so it's not a race. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's so amazing. Thank you so much. And you guys should definitely hit her up as a resource. She responds to everybody. That's the coolest thing. I love when people do that, no matter how big and successful they get. You make yourself accessible, and it's important to be there for people who who are interested. So thank you for sharing with us and we'll have you back because there's a lot more to talk about.